Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the Lakers Nation off-season live show. If you guys are tuning in on YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope, you're probably noticing right now there is no video, and there's a reason for that. Unfortunately, I am traveling, so I don't really have the bandwidth to send out video at this point. Hopefully, audio only will get the job done. Do appreciate those of you guys joining me here. Again, if you are coming in from YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope, let me know what your thoughts are on what we just saw between the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also talk about the Lakers, the Damian Lillard rumors. Could he really push his way out from the Portland Trailblazers? What could a trade there look like? And everything else going on with the Lakers offseason. Just me tonight flying solo again. Bandwidth is not great at this point. So for right now, we're doing audio only, and uh, I'm going to take all of your questions and comments. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, everything is totally normal to you right now because the podcast version obviously is audio only. Please make sure you do rate, review, and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts to that. All right. So we just watched the Clippers beat the Suns. And I was just telling, I was just on uh, with my buddy Alan Sliwa over on ESPN LA, and I said, this was certainly not the outcome that Los Angeles was looking for. And I don't think that that is a stretch. Looking at all the polls, everything we've seen, the vast majority of Lakers fans, which is what the vast majority of Los Angeles is, do not want to see the Clippers move on. Despite the fact that the Suns beat the Lakers, maybe there are some cheap shots and things like that in that series, most Lakers fans, in fact, based on the poll that we did over at LakersNation.com, it was 9 out of 10, 90% of Lakers fans would rather see the Suns win. And I think there's good reason for that. You know, there was that article that came out in the LA Times a few days ago by Bill Plaschke that said Lakers fans shouldn't be doing that. Lakers fans should now be rooting for the Clippers because it's all L.A., which is what Ty Lue said the other day. I think that's a joke. I think that's ridiculous to expect that because that's not the the way the relationship is between the Lakers and the Clippers. The Clippers came in to the Lakers' home and then told them, we're going to try to take this all away from you, right? Cover up the banners that you want. Cover up the things that you fought for. Do what we can to try to take your home. That's the goal of the Clippers. And we're supposed to cheer for that? No, of course that's not going to happen. So Lakers fans are predominantly hoping for the Suns to win. Unfortunately, that did not happen tonight. The Clippers, look, they they were shooting out of their minds. You guys know one of my favorite phrases is regression to the mean. I am hoping for a massive regression to the mean game to hit them next game, game six, at Staples Center and did not see Paul George shoot 75% from the field or Marcus Morris make seemingly everything or Reggie Jackson suddenly become a star level player. Some team is going to give him a ton of money this offseason. And if he doesn't keep playing like this, that could really, really set back a franchise. We've seen it happen in the past where players blow up in the playoffs, they get the bag, and then next thing you know, they're back to being their normal selves and they're not quite worth the money that they got. Now, I'm not saying for sure that's going to happen to Reggie Jackson. Obviously, look, he's scrapped and he's, and he's clawed and he's worked and he's playing on a minimum right now. All credit to him. But I'm saying if I'm the team that's paying him, I'd be wary of giving him money, assuming that this kind of production is going to continue. I think at some point, these guys are going to cool off. The question is, will it happen soon enough for the Clippers to get bounced out of the playoffs, which I know is what the majority of us 
are rooting for. Now, I've got somebody like LJ Carriage from Facebook says, uh, Coach Lou is better than Vogel. I guess that's part of the frustration too. So the Lakers, this playoff stretch in the first round, we saw a Lakers team that got slammed by injuries, right? We saw a team that was just devastated by injuries all season long. Never got any real chemistry going because the players were constantly rotating in and out of the lineup. That's just, that's reality. And then come playoff time, KCP gets hurt. Anthony Davis gets hurt. Alex Caruso got hurt at one point. LeBron wasn't really fully himself. But nobody really stepped up. And maybe that's credit to the Clippers. But we've seen players on their team step up. Like I said, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, right? You've seen players on some of these teams that suffered injuries. Cameron Payne stepping up for the Clippers. And then you look at the Lakers and you say, who stepped up? Who stepped up? Nobody. No one stepped up on the Lakers. And you can say maybe Frank Vogel's coaching had part to, part of, uh, to blame here. And I guess that's fair. I don't look at it and say, you know, Frank Vogel really coached the Lakers through this series. And thanks thanks to him, it would have been a lot worse if it wasn't for Frank Vogel. No, I don't think that was, this was his best performance in the playoffs either. But look at the Lakers roster. Did Dennis Schroeder step up? No. And he's supposed to be the guy that's going to step up, Right. Same situation as a lot of players that we're seeing really make the leap in the postseason in a contract year. And what did he do? He no-showed completely in Game 5. No one on the Lakers roster stepped up. And I think that's the most frustrating thing from a Lakers perspective watching the playoffs right now is you watch these teams and you see role players that are are making big shots and you say, man, why wasn't that? The Lakers. And somebody said that's why you put THT in. I can say THT was probably the one guy who really brought it. And really played without fear for the Lakers. I think that's key. And and how crazy is that? That the kid who is 20 is the one who played without fear. The one who really went going for the Lakers. Who really went after it. And wasn't tentative. Didn't hesitate when it came time to shoot the basketball was in attack mode. I wish we saw more of that from the Lakers. And I think that's part of the reason why there's that extra little frustration this offseason. Leroy Long from Facebook said, we just need shooters. Yeah, I was literally just asked this. uh, What is it the Lakers need this offseason? I think it's shooting. And I don't think that's a stretch at all. That's not that's not a hot take. I think most people would say that's the number one skill set the Lakers need. Can they get it? It's another question, though. Shooting right now is the the thing that everybody wants. It comes at a premium. If what the Lakers really needed was a traditional big, they would be in great shape because those are easy to find and those are cheap. That's the way the NBA is right now. However, shooting, if you can shoot the basketball, you're going to make a lot of money. Like I can't wait to see what Duncan Robinson gets out on the market. The shooter from the, the Miami Heat, that guy's tremendous. What kind of money is he going to get on the market? A lot. He's going to get a lot because teams need shooting in today's NBA. So it's easy to say, yes, the Lakers need shooting. How do they get it? How are they getting that shooting? That's going to be something to really keep an eye on. I'm not saying they're not going to get it. Look, Rob Palenka has proven to be pretty resourceful. I think he can get it. But how they go about it is going to be really, really interesting. And can they get really a top-tier shooter? Or are we looking at another guy like a Reggie Bullock? Like, remember, Mike Muscala. Ugh, that was rough. And I don't hate Mike Muscala or anything, but... These are kind of second or third tier shooters 
where they're not that good. And then for whatever reason, guys don't shoot the ball well when they're on the Lakers. So when those guys see their percentages dip a little bit, their overall value goes down a lot because so much of their value is tied to their ability to shoot the basketball. I think it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out this offseason. I'm getting a lot of people in the chat right now that are asking about Damian Lillard. So let's talk about that real quick. Let's talk about Damian Lillard and uh, some people are asking if the Lakers should have made moves by now. We'll get into that. Damian Lillard. So the story comes out from Chris Haynes, who's pretty tight with a lot of players. And Chris Haynes says that there's two reasons why Damian Lillard might be on his way out of Portland. Might finally say this is time. And those reasons were, number one, the Chauncey Billups head coach hiring thing, right? So Lillard said he wanted Jason Kidd to be his head coach. Jason Kidd said, ah, no thanks, right? He backed away, and the reason is now clear because the Mavs position was going to be open, and he would prefer to go there. And I and I get it. That makes sense, that they need to be able to, that, that Kidd would rather go and play with or and coach Luka Doncic. Okay, makes sense there. But then Lillard also endorsed Chauncey Billups, and Portland fans in particular are upset about some things from Chauncey Billups' past, and then they're blaming that on Damian Lillard. Is that fair to blame Damian Lillard for those things? Maybe not, but they are they are assuming that Lillard was the guy who made the decision. He just said who he likes. He doesn't make the final decision, but that's one of the reasons why Damian Lillard is now apparently considering leaving Portland because the fans have kind of turned on him. And that was the thing that kept him coming back year after year was the fans. And then he's got these serious concerns about whether or not the Blazers can build a championship contender. All right. So over 30, Damian Lillard contract is over $40 million next season. That's a lot. That's a lot for any team to try to match in a trade. But if he's looking around the league, and he says, you know what? I don't think we're going to get it done in Portland. And the fans aren't being so nice to me. I think it's mostly, I don't think we can get it done in Portland. The fan thing might be more of an excuse at this point. But regardless, let's say that Damian Lillard says, I want out. I think we can safely assume that where he would like to go is to a championship contender. However, he is—he still has four years left under contract on this new deal that he signed. Four years. That's such a different situation than what we tend to see with these superstars who ask out. Anthony Davis, I have said this for a while now, since he first was traded. Anthony Davis did the Pelicans a favor. And I don't think it's fair that Pelicans fans have lashed out at him, that the Pelicans organization is so mad at him that we've seen that kind of animosity towards him. No, he did them a favor. If he really wanted to mess with that franchise, what he would have done is said, oh no, everything is fine, and then walked away as a free agent the next offseason to the Lakers. And then the Lakers could have kept all of their pieces. You would have gotten AD a year later. You don't get that championship. All those things matter. Certainly, I'm not saying I would change the way things played out, but if he really had some animosity towards that franchise, or if he really wanted to ruin them for the future, he would have left and given them no return. Instead, he said, look, I'm not going to come back. He gave them notice so they could get a solid return for him. And that return was pretty massive. So what is the return for Anthony Davis going to look like? Or for for Damian Lillard, I mean, going to look like in a situation where he's locked up for four more years. I can only imagine what the price tag is going to be. If Anthony Davis netted Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, three first round picks, plus a pick swap, 
right? All of that for Anthony Davis. Look at what Paul George got. All the first round picks. What's the trade for Lillard going to look like? And I know people point to James Harden and they say, you know what, James Harden, they, he, they, they didn't get much, right? The, the Houston Rockets didn't get much. The Rockets blew it. The Rockets made a massive mistake. There's no team that has a superstar thinking, hey, if we trade our guy, oh, I hope we can get what the Rockets got. No, the Rockets completely made a mess of that. They made a mess of it. And to say, no, thank you, we don't want Karis LeVert. No, thank you, we don't want Jarrett Allen. Are you kidding me, Houston? What a mess they made of things. I don't think the Rockets trade is indicative at all of what a superstar is going to go for on the trade market. So can the Lakers get there? Can the Lakers get to a Lillard deal? They can in terms of salary cap, in terms of money, but can they give enough value? Probably not. The In terms of making the money work, you're probably looking at Kyle Kuzma, uh, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. Those two would have to be in it because that's about $26 million in salary. A signed and traded, most likely, Taylor Horton Tucker. Maybe a signed and traded Dennis Schroeder, one of those pieces in there. And then you'd have to add some other stuff. And best case scenario, the Lakers can give them the 22nd pick in this draft and their 2027 draft pick completely unprotected. That's the most the Lakers can offer in a, in a trade for Damian Lillard. Is that enough? I don't think so. I think a lot of teams around the NBA will beat that pretty easily. And I think if Damian Lillard really is on the market, they're going to... Uh, they're going to have 29 teams. 29 teams are going to put in offers for him. Somebody mentioned doing a three-team trade. Yeah, sure. But you're asking a third team to value what the Lakers have more than what the Blazers would value it at. And then give the Blazers value in return. So I struggle to see it happening there. But could the Lakers somehow get in there if Damian Lillard goes to the Blazers and says, Look, I've been loyal for so many years. Um, and, and I really want to go to the Lakers. Would they do it then? It wouldn't hurt. But again, I just don't know if the Lakers can get their value wise. Don't get me wrong. You never say never in this league. You never say, because crazy things do happen. Kwame Brown got traded for Pau, for Pau Gasol, right? Like crazy things can happen in the NBA. Look at the Harden trade. The ridiculously good value that was for the Nets. And then the Cavs came in and stole value. And the Pacers came in and stole value. Like crazy things happen. So I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's very unlikely. I think the Lakers could get there to Damian Lillard. If they could though, you'd do it. If you ask me, look, if, if you if it took giving up all those pieces and those picks, even the 2027 unprotected, do you do it? 100%. You do that immediately. He's that good. But again... I don't think it's something that's really possible. Not to mention the fact that the Blazers, they don't like the Lakers. They're not going to want to trade with the Lakers if they can avoid it. Savage Savage from YouTube says, CJ should be the trade target for the Lakers. Would love to see it. That would be a great fit as well. But again, I don't know the Lakers can get there value-wise, but that would be great. Somebody said, don't talk about Kwame. He might come for you too. Oh, Kwame Brown got a rough shake in the NBA. But look, let's, and I'm not even taking a shot at Kwame here when I say Kwame Brown got traded for Pau Gasol. No one would even argue that Kwame Brown was on the same level as Pau Gasol. Pau was tremendous. That was a steal of a trade at the time. And then even after Mark Gasol became the guy that we knew, an all defensive player, uh, defensive player of the year, an all star, all of those things, it was still a great trade for the Lakers. 
KGTVYT from YouTube said, get CJ after Damian gets traded easy. I don't think it would be easy. It depends on what Lillard gets traded for and then what the Blazers are looking for in return. If they're going to go into rebuild mode, they're probably looking for draft picks. Lakers don't really have that to offer. They have the 22nd pick. If they had, if the Lakers had like the third pick in this draft or something, okay, then we're talking, right? Then, then you've got something, but they don't. They've got the 22nd pick. People asking about the video. Yeah, guys, I'm traveling right. I'm in an Airbnb at this moment. So that's why I don't have the bandwidth to send out video right now. So that's why we're going no video for this one on our last show at the end. I did mention that this might be a possibility depending on how things were looking here. But I'm don't worry, I'm heading back to my studio tomorrow. So from there, we'll be all good. Uh, Alvin Thomas Jr. said, Trevor, can we get Zach Levine? Uh, you know, Zach Levine is a guy we've talked about. And by the way, we've, we've also mentioned him on the NBA front office show. And you, if you guys haven't done this yet, I highly encourage you to go to the NBA front office YouTube channel and subscribe on that channel. That's Keith Smith and myself. We break down things across the entire NBA, mostly from a salary cap perspective. Like we looked at Colin Sexton trade possibilities, Damian Lillard trade possibilities from other teams around the NBA. Highly recommend you guys go check that out. That's something that we've really got going. So make sure you go, go take a look there. But we have talked a little bit about Zach Levine. I think the Bulls are going to try. They're going to try to do everything they can to build out a roster this offseason that can keep Zach Levine in Chicago. However, I think there's, there's a scenario where an extension comes Levine's way this offseason. And if he says, no, I'm going to wait until I hit a free agency the next offseason, he's going to go on the trade block because he's going to have to. Because the Bulls would have to trade him or they would be risking losing him for nothing the next offseason. Especially if he tells the Bulls, kind of does what Anthony Davis did. If he tells the Bulls, look, I'm going to go. I'm not coming back after this season. They'll look for a trade for him. I still don't know that the Lakers can get there value-wise. The package would stay fairly similar in terms of what the Lakers could offer. But it would be so much fun if it did happen, right? LeBron James taking off down floor, throwing lobs for Zach Levine. My goodness, showtime. That would be tremendous. But again, pretty unlikely, I think. Michael Serna, why no Lakers moves yet? Well, I mean, look, the the Celtics already made a trade, right? Trading away Kemba Walker, bringing in Al Horford. But it's not, that's not a common thing, right? For teams to make moves right now. I promise you, the Lakers are making calls right now. They're discussing scenarios right now with teams. But that doesn't mean that everything's going to come together just yet. And they have to get a feel for what's going to happen here. They have to get a feel for, number one, what's Montrezl Harrell going to do? Is he going to opt in? Is he going to opt out? What's Marcus Gasol going to do? Is he going to play another year or is he going to retire? Those sorts of things matter when you're building out your roster. So the Lakers have to get some questions answered before they figure out exactly how they're going to play things here. And again, this isn't uncommon. What we saw with the Celtics making a trade already, that's uncommon. The Lakers not doing anything yet is pretty normal. Okay, Most teams are right now kind of figuring things out, setting their strategy up, and preparing for the draft. Okay, I do think the Lakers are going to be active. And in fact, I think the whole league is going to be active. We've talked about this a bit. I think this is going to be the summer of the trade. Because free agency is so weak right now, there isn't much in this free agent class for, for teams to go after. And so I think we're going to see a lot of trades this summer. Teams still want to change their rosters. There's teams that have glaring weaknesses right now, and the Lakers are one of them with their shooting. Teams have glaring weaknesses, 
and they want to fix them. But there aren't necessarily players out there on the market that can do that. And if there are, those players, because of scarcity, might be really expensive. So I think a lot of teams are going to be active on the trade front, which should should set up a very exciting summer, if I'm right. Cody Jones from YouTube said, yeah, what about Buddy Heald? Hey, I love it. I love it. I am here for a Buddy Heald trade. If you can work something out with the Sacramento Kings, Kyle Kuzma's $13 million. Say, hey, Luke Walton, what do you think about getting getting Kyle Kuzma back? If you can swap out Kuzma and you can swap out something else. If, if Trez opts in, that's an easy one right there. If he's willing to go to Sacramento, because I think if there's a trade set up and he doesn't want to go to Sacramento, he just opts out and he'll go sign somewhere in free agency. But if you could do a deal of Kuzma and Trez for Buddy Heald, I would absolutely do that. Now he does have a big contract moving forward. So you're taking on some salary there, but I believe he would be a perfect shooter to put alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. A few people asking about targeting targeting Gordon Hayward. You know, the, the Hornets just signed Gordon Hayward, and they're very, very happy with him. So I don't think they're going to look to move him right now. They're happy. They've had a pretty good season based on their expectations. So I don't think they're going to they're gonna do that. Uh, Cecil Jackson from YouTube. Is it possible to sign and trade THT as a restricted free agent? Uh, yeah, you can do that. You can sign a, tra- a player who's a restricted free agent. You're just signing them to a new deal and then sending them elsewhere. Um, that's something that you could do. Uh, as opposed to just letting another team sign him outright. But every sense that I've got is that the Lakers are going to keep him. Um, they didn't They didn't make him the sticking point in the Kyle Lowry trade for nothing. They didn't make him the, the sticking point because they don't value him highly. They, they do. They are very high on his future, and for good reason. He's got a very intriguing skill set. He works extremely hard. He's got a great attitude. I know you guys have seen the videos going around on social media. He's already working out. He's already looking like he's in even better shape than we saw him in this last season. This is a kid who puts in the work, and I think the Lakers want to see what comes of this. And you know what? This is something that maybe we need to talk about. The draft. The Lakers draft capital is limited moving forward. And I talked about via trade, how they only have the 27th pick and the 22nd or the 2027 pick and the 22nd pick in this year's draft. And that's really it in terms of first round picks that you can trade right now. That's it. They they have other picks. Like they're going to get either the 2024 or the 2025 pick. They're going to get the 2023 pick as long as the Pelicans don't execute a pick swap, they'll get their own pick, but the Pelicans could swap, but regardless, they will have a pick in 2023. They just can't trade those selections because of the Stepien rule and the way all that plays out. You can't trade consecutive draft picks. So tradable draft assets are few and far between. And for a Lakers team that doesn't have very many young players, maybe you keep this pick this year. Maybe you keep it and you add in a cheap young player. Unless you get the perfect deal that comes along, Maybe you just keep it and you trust your scouting department to once again find a young, talented player. I mean, look at look at the record here. You can say, what were their misses? And let's count the misses in the draft that we've seen, especially late in the draft. They're few and far between. Late in the draft, you've got what? They missed on Mo Wagner. They missed on maybe Isaac Bonga, you could say. You, you could say maybe they missed on they missed on Anthony Brown. That's about it. You look at what else they've found recently. Evita Zubats, Jordan Clarkson, the reigning sixth man of the year now, Julius Randle, an all-star, right? They've, and I guess Julius Randle's a lottery pick, so maybe I shouldn't include him, but but Zubats, Clarkson, THT, 
Uh, Esfima Kailik, who's been shooting the ball well. They found him late in the draft. Kyle Kuzma, of course, is a guy they got late in the draft. They've had great success. Larry Nance Jr. They've had great success finding players late. So maybe you just keep this pick unless the perfect deal comes along and you say, I trust our scouting department to find the right guy. Let's see here. And because of that pick scarcity that I was talking about, that's where I think it's going to have to be a factor in terms of what the Lakers do with this draft pick. If you trade it, you have to know your ability to get young players coming in is going to be limited. Maybe they can buy their way back into the second round, but even those picks are costing more and more. Uh, Tacit Gaming from YouTube. Vocal contract extension. Any news yet? No. No news right now on... um, no news on Vogel, and it's a little bit weird, but I'm not going to worry about it right now. I'm not going to worry about it at this point on on Frank Vogel. If we get to the draft, we get to free agency, and there's no news on a Vogel extension, then maybe you start to wonder. Like, if he heads into the season and he's on the final year of his contract, that is not good from a coaching perspective. Most coaches do not want to coach a season as a lame duck coach because that takes away some of their authority. So it'll be interesting to see. But again, the last word we heard was the Lakers want to extend him. We'll see. Uh, Richard Alumbro from uh, YouTube said, Hey Trevor, how are you? I'm good. Thanks. Just curious if hypothetically you can trade for John Wall from the Rockets, would you go for it? So I think it's interesting that John Wall, he's in in a sense, he's the kind of guy that you, that you would try to target, right? He's more of a win now piece. Maybe his value is a little bit depressed because of injury, but, but he's got some real talent. And if he can stay healthy, he can help you out. That said, I don't think he's really what the Lakers need. Right, and I'd have to go and look and see. I believe his contract's about forty million, so that's a lot. That's a lot. But I don't think that the Lakers can really go and make a move like that for a guy that's not a shooter. Right, like their their main concern has to be shooting. So if you are, if you're the Lakers, you've got to use whatever resources you have available. You have to allocate them towards finding shooting. And so I like John Wall. I think he's a good player and I think it's terrible what's happened to his game after he's dealt with all these injuries, but I don't know that he makes a lot of sense for the Lakers. I hope that makes sense. Let's see what else is coming in here. (laughs) Somebody said, bring back Dwight. All right. Let's talk about Dwight Howard, right? Let's talk about Dwight. Because he's an interesting guy that where we can say, look, the Lakers, they need they need another big, potentially. Depends on what happens with Marc Gasol, right? Depends on what he does. Also depends on what happens with Andre Drummond. But Marc Gasol, Andre Drummond, Trez, look, I think I'm going into this next offseason with the Lakers thinking the Lakers really only need two centers back. Don't bring back three centers like we had this last year. I don't think that really need. That's a necessity. 
So if you're going to bring back a traditional rim-protecting center, should Dwight be on the radar? Sure. But I think that there's a lot of guys that, that are on there. There's a lot of guys that are interesting. Like if Damian Jones was out there, I think he'd be a guy. He'd be a guy to go and, and take a look at, right? He was pretty solid with the Lakers, and he's younger. I also question whether or not the Lakers are truly going to bring back a regular, traditional, rim-protecting big, if that's going to be their focal point, or if we're going to see more Anthony Davis at the five minutes. I think that's going to be something to consider as well. Anthony Davis at power forward versus Anthony Davis at center, I think it's a big difference in terms of the Lakers' scheme. Now, you can make the argument that you don't want to ask him to play the five too much because doing so would put him in a position where he's going to pick up a lot of wear and tear, a lot of physical play in the post, and so you don't want to deal with that. But I still think the Lakers' best bet on both ends of the floor is Anthony Davis at the five, particularly seeing so many teams go small. I mean, look at what the Clippers are doing right now, going small. I think the Lakers could certainly use that. Uh, A. Lee. From YouTube said some mock drafts have Corey Kispert uh, going into the Lakers in the draft. He's a six seven wing shot, forty four percent from three. Would you take it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, look, I don't think he's going to be there though. I don't think he's going to be ready for the Lakers in this draft. He's not going to be there at twenty two. I'm seeing him going in the lottery in some of these mocks. Teams are dying for shooting. The dude shoots 44% from three. He's not going to still be on the board. If he is, you take it, you run, and we celebrate. If you can get a shooter of that caliber at 22 in the draft. So, yeah, I would love to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen with Corey Kispert. But maybe there's some other pieces the Lakers can find in the draft that would help them out. All right. Let me see. A few more questions and comments. Again, appreciate you guys joining me. Anybody just tuning in right now, don't have the bandwidth to send out videos. That's why you guys don't get to see me while we're doing this and why I don't have a guest on with me or anything like that. Why it's a solo show and it's audio only. But don't worry, I'll be back in studio after tomorrow. People asking about Bradley Beal. It's the same thing as as Damian Lillard. Look, Bradley Beal... Great, great player. But if he hit the trade block at all, 29 teams would want him. And a lot of the offers would be the Lakers' best offer. I just think that that would be the case. That would be the case. Uh, biggest star to target realistic, a- Andrew Duarte. I-, I keep going. I keep going back to Buddy Heald. And look, he's not a star. He's not a star right now. Somebody asked, am I watching the Dodger game? No, I'm talking to you guys right now. I'm <laughs> talking to you guys. But I am planning on watching that a bit when we're done here. Uh, Buddy Heald is not a star per se, but he is a high-level shooter that I think could help a lot. And he's a guy that can get you a bucket. Buddy Buckets can get you a bucket in a pinch when the Lakers offense needs it. I still like that fit a lot. And it's taking on some salary, and so there's some risk there. But I think an offseason that saw Buddy Heald come to the Lakers and you're swapping out Kyle Kuzma and some other stuff, I think that would be a nice move for them. And again, that's assuming that, look, Lowry, let's assume that's not happening. Like like Lowry would be near the top of my list. Mike Conley would be up there as well. There's a lot of players who we could say you would put ahead of Buddy Heald. I'm trying to say realistically, he's probably one of the best guys that you could go get. Okay, good question here. Victor uh, Mejia, 
said, Yo, Trevor, serious question. Can LeBron slash AD renegotiate their contracts to take less money and bring in another superstar? No, it's against NBA rules. And I understand why that question pops up a lot because we see it in the NFL, but it is not allowed in the NBA. And the NBA Players Association would have a fit if that started to happen, if that was if that was allowed, because they don't want players to be put under that kind of pressure. Heck, LeBron James doesn't take discounts anymore because he wants to make sure that players get the max whenever they, they deserve it. He, they, he doesn't want him to be the example. Remember, he took less from the Miami Heat. He doesn't want to be the example where other teams around the NBA go to their superstars and say, well, look, LeBron took less, so we're going to give you less. He doesn't want that example to be out there. So... Yeah, that, that's not happening. They can't renegotiate their deals. It's not allowed under NBA rules. Their deals are what they are, and there's no changing them. Uh, and I know people go to that a lot as a way to maybe free up some cap space, but it's not like the NFL. The NBA Players Association is much stronger than what you see in the NFL, and so that is is not allowed. Somebody said Oladipo for the mid-level exception. I would be very wary of that based on the injury history that we've seen from Oladipo and how difficult it is for him to stay out there on the floor at this point. Uh, Cecil Jackson from YouTube. All right. We could do a whole show on this, but asking what is your ideal offseason? So what would an ideal offseason look like? So my ideal offseason for the Lakers. I'm probably signing and trading Dennis Schroeder if there's a way to do that. If you can find a team that really wants him, I'm going to send him out and assign and trade. Because here's the thing. As much as we talk about the Lakers needing somebody who can take the ball out of LeBron's hand in order to give him a little bit of a break, I think that is true. But is that where you need to allocate most of your resources to that point guard position? I don't necessarily think so. I think you can find other guys who can do that that are a bit cheaper. So I'm talking about you go down a few tiers at the point guard market. Maybe you're looking at like a TJ McConnell or somebody somebody along those lines instead of Dennis Schroeder. I think that Schroeder also wasn't... Things are just weird there. It's strange that his words have constantly said, consistently said, he wants to be a Laker and his actions have not lined up with that. Right, removing Lakers from his bio, um, not signing a contract extension that was very, very fair. Does he really think there's going to be like a twenty-five million dollar contract out there for him? I mean, I guess if he gets it, more power to him. But I have a hard time seeing that. There's just the vibe has been off a little bit. So for me, a perfect offseason would probably involve signing and trading Dennis Schroeder and getting something of value back, preferably some type of wing player. I think that's where the Lakers need to focus their attention, and then you fill in some other spots using not enough of your mid-level exception to trigger a hard cap. So that means 5.8 million. And so I'm using that money to go out there and find some complimentary pieces. Maybe you blow it all on one player if you can find a shooter. And I'm also finding a new home for Kyle Kuzma. If I'm bringing in a wing in a Dennis Schroeder sign and trade, which again is tough to ask for, but if I'm bringing in a player that can play the wing a little bit, it makes it a little bit easier to move Kuzma. I've said this a few times. I think this is the off season. He finally gets moved. He's been in trade rumors year in and year out. I think Magic kind of let it slip that Kuzma is assuming he gets traded this offseason. If you saw his comments from about a week ago, and he did also, Kuzma followed Dennis Schroeder and removed Lakers from his Instagram bio. So I could see him shipped out. I think that is most likely to happen. And so that's another move that I'm making. And maybe that's where you find your guard. 
Uh, Andre Drummond, if he's willing to come back on a veteran minimum deal, which he has said he is not, I would be okay on the veteran minimum. I'm okay with paying him maybe a little bit more than that. But otherwise, I'm focusing my attention on the wings. I'm trying to find wing players for this team, specifically guys who can shoot the ball from behind the arc, give the Lakers a little bit more switchability with some size on the wing. And then for my center position, I'm looking for veteran minimum guys. I'm taking the running back approach like I would in football, where I'm not going to pay up for the traditional center spot, especially since Anthony Davis at the five is probably going to be your best bet in playoff time. I'm looking for guys who can eat up minutes at the position during the regular season. So if you can find some bargains on the market there, that's my that would be my plan there. At some point, we'll do a full show where I'll go much more in depth and we'll do a little bit more detail on what exactly this would look like. But those are my basic thoughts on an ideal offseason for the Lakers. Somebody said sign and trade. JJ96 said sign and trade for Lonzo. Pels don't want to match anything over 19 million. That would be great. That would be great if the Lakers could uh, could make a move for Lonzo. I think Lonzo would be a great fit. The problem I have is this. It almost would have to be a three-team trade. And that's because the Pelicans don't really need another guard. They've got a bunch of guards already. Um so, like, are you going to do a double sign-and-trade with Dennis Schroeder? And then if you bring in Lonzo on a sign-and-trade scenario, you're triggering a hard cap for the Lakers. And that's something that they dealt with this last season. That was really tough for them. That was not an easy thing for them to deal with. So, I would be very skeptical of that happening. But I do think Lonzo's skill set would be really nice. Would be really nice, particularly on the defensive end of the floor. And now that he's shooting the ball better, I like that. Eddie Macias, what's going to happen with Caruso after that incident? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's going to happen to Caruso. Look, marijuana is legal in a lot of states now. That's the way the wind is blowing. He just happened to be in a state where it wasn't. He didn't have a lot. He had a grinder on him and less than two ounces. I mean, this is... I think it's going to be nothing. The NBA isn't even testing for it this season. And then they cited COVID as the reason why, not like they were just totally fine with it or anything like that, but I could very easily see them extending that into this season. So I would be shocked if anything really happens to, to Caruso here. If, if it's anything, if, if there's any kind of suspension, maybe it's a game or something like that. But again, like if he was in a lot of other States, he would have been just fine. So I, I'm not worried about Caruso after that. I don't like, I don't think any team is looking at Caruso in free agency and now going, Oh, but I don't know. He could be a bad egg. You know, he just, he just got in trouble here in Texas. No, I don't think that's no team is going to care about that. Uh, Ryan Nicholas from YouTube. Serious question, Trevor. Do you think Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann are better than Dennis Schroeder and Kyle Kuzma? Or do you think Vogel just can't coach and maximize the talents he has? Uh, Look, Ryan, over the course of a whole season, it's close. And that's because I like Terrence Mann's upside. Reggie Jackson, regular season, was not nearly this good. Playoffs, it's not close. Playoffs, Reggie Jackson's been one of the best shooters of the playoffs. He's been tremendous. And and Dennis Schroeder no-showed. And then Kyle Kuzma didn't do a lot in the playoffs either. And Terrence Mann has. So playoffs, it's not close at all. Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann, vastly superior. Massive greater than sign. Dennis Schroeder and Kyle Kuzma. I don't think it has to do necessarily with Vogel either. I don't think it's Vogel can't coach. I will say that I think Vogel would be very well served, though, if the Lakers could sign, in order to replace Jason Kidd, add an offensive mind. Like an offense-first coach, a guy who really has 
some um, some offensive chops. I think that's what you need. That's what you need on the bench with the Lakers. You need somebody who can create some scenarios where players can get open shots without relying on LeBron James to create them. William Jesus from YouTube, is DeMar possible with our cap? Uh, It's possible if he took a major, major, major pay cut. Like the best case scenario, the most the Lakers would have to offer would be the mid-level exception, which is just over $9 million. You could offer that. You could. Chaco Thunder is asking me right now who the Lakers should give their mid-level exception to. But again, the complication, don't forget, if you use the mid-level exception, you trigger a hard cap. The Lakers only had 14 players on their roster for most of this season, this last season, because of the hard cap. They could not exceed it. And it really complicates things. And so if you're going to bring back THT, if you're going to bring back Alex Caruso, you're going to use their bird rights to continue going over the cap to bring these guys back. Let's say you bring back Dennis Schroeder too. You you pretty much run right up against the hard cap, depending on what kind of numbers those guys get. So if you're going to use that full mid-level exception, it makes it really hard to do that without triggering that hard cap. It makes it hard to do that to operate under the hard cap. If you use it, you're triggering it no matter what. Now, if you use less than about $5.9 million, that's less than the taxpayer mid-level exception, then you can get away with it. Don't trigger a hard cap. So, is that enough money to get DeMar DeRozan? Probably not. Probably not. Rob Belinka has his work cut out for him. Absolutely has his work cut out for him this offseason. Somebody asked, how can the Lakers get Doug McDermott? Well, that would certainly make my colleague Ron Gutterman happy. He's That's the number one realistic target on his list. It's Doug McDermott. Uh, look, he would be a great fit. You just have to sign him. But again, shooting is at such a premium. That's going to be tough. Dre Johnson from YouTube at, with a super chat. Thank you. After Dang's contract comes off the books, will that open up for us to sign any big free agent like Steph? Yes, for now. And it's not necessarily the, the Luol Dang contract coming off the books. Let me explain. So if you look at the Lakers' salary right now, okay, when Luol Dang's contract comes off the books, which is next offseason, can you believe that? He's still sitting there on the books. One more season of him sitting on the books, and then he's gone. So let's talk about the 2022 offseason. By that point, there's a very clear path to the Lakers really just having LeBron and Anthony Davis on their books, and that's it. That's it. Because Luol Deng's salary would be gone. Alfonso McKinney has a non-guaranteed amount in there. He's probably gone by then anyway. Kyle Kuzma is only making $13 million again, and that's very, very tradable. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is making $14 million, which is very tradable, and it's not even entirely guaranteed. So what's on the Lakers' books? It's LeBron... Anthony Davis, and two very, very, very tradable contracts. Where if you said, hey, we need to clear cap space, somebody take these guys for minimal return, just take them off of our cap, teams would be lining up to do that. You can absolutely move those contracts. So there is a path where the Lakers, in the offseason of 2022, have LeBron, Anthony Davis, and that's it. Now, there are cap holds for all those open positions, so you'd have 10 cap holds at nearly a million apiece, in for the open roster spots up to 12 up to 12 roster spots they already have two filled with lebron and ad 
So that eats into some of your cap room. But still, you would have some money to go spend. And it depends on what happens with the salary cap, where that goes. Uh, look, LeBron and Anthony Davis by themselves, that's sitting, uh, I mean, that's pretty close to uh, almost $90 million right there between those two. Oh, no, that's, well, it's a little over 80 So that's a lot. That's a lot by themselves. So let's say the cap's at 115 plus you have another $10 million or so in, in open roster spot charges. Uh, so, yeah, still doesn't quite get you a max. But it gives you a solid chunk of money to go play with. And maybe if you can get a guy like Steph Curry to take a little less, okay. That's kind of the dream, right? Uh, however, the Lakers signing anyone this offseason, that obviously changes that equation. Okay, If they sign anybody for more than a year this offseason, that could absolutely change that plan. So I'm not saying they'll have a max contract out there. Again, part of it depends on what the salary cap goes up to and, and all of that. But they could, in theory, have some spending power in the offseason of 2022 if they keep things as they are right now where they would have LeBron, Anthony Davis, and then KCP and Kyle Kuzma as the only guys under contract because KCP and Kuzma are so, so easy to move, I believe, unless something drastic changes with them. Uh, Tebvin from YouTube says, Trevor, do you think we offer THT or Caruso in trade? I don't think they offer either in a trade, unless it's like a home run move. And obviously both would have to be sign-in trades right now. It would have to be a really great move for the Lakers for them to do it. Had to be really great. All right, let's do one more, and then we will call it a night. I've got some traveling to do tomorrow to get back. Somebody said, but if we get Buddy, that means we can't get a start the next season. Correct. Buddy Heald would sit on the books and would take up some of that cap room that we're discussing right now. Um, but again, the the scenario where I'm outlining how the Lakers could have some spending power in 2022, it's not... I'm not looking at that as, hey, this is their plan. I'm saying it's possible for them to do that. I wouldn't say it's likely, though. I think they're going to spend money. I think they're going to bring in players this offseason because to not do that, to do what you, in order to keep their books clear for that offseason, you're kind of wasting a year of LeBron because how many players out there are going to want to take one-year deals in order to keep the Lakers' books clear for 2022? Probably not many, especially not any, any quality players. So... You really don't want to do that. You don't want to waste a year of LeBron's prime here at 36 going on 37. Okay? And I guess you could argue maybe he's not in his prime at this point. But because of that, I don't think I don't think that 2022 salary cap path is that realistic. I'm just saying it's possible for them to do it. Okay. I know I said last one was the last one, but this will be... Really, the last one. Uh, James Smith. Should the Lakers find a player that can play alongside AD in the long run this offseason? James, I I think that you are on the money. And I think that's what the Lakers tried to do last offseason. No, it didn't work out. But I think going back... If you look at the moves the Lakers made this offseason, particularly when we talk about Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell, those didn't quite work out. But I think those are the types of moves that you make. You make those moves 10 times out of 10. 
right? It didn't work out. But if you were to take that, that's the kind of move that you gamble on. Because Trez and Schroeder were 26 and 27 years old. They fit right in Anthony Davis's timeline. And they were a talent upgrade over what you had. And again, it didn't quite work out the way the Lakers wanted it to. But I think the ideal scenario for the Lakers is not necessarily that they get a lot younger, but that they get, if they're going to land a piece that they think is going to help put them over the top, ideally, that player would fit Anthony Davis's timeline. Now, that's much easier said than done. Hey, we're going to go get an impact player that's 27 years old. Like, every team in the league wants that. You can find guys at a discount when they're older or perhaps when they're younger if they've had some struggles. But to get a player in their prime that can help you win basketball games right now and in the future, that's tough. That's not easy. But I do think that's going to be the situation that Rob Palenka is looking for. Find guys that can help you win right now and can help you in the future. And maybe that's an argument for moving the draft pick if you can get a guy like that, where you're not getting significantly older. You're not getting significantly younger either, but you're at least finding a guy that can be on your team three years from now. Whereas if you go get Kyle Lowry, you know, he's probably not on your team three years from now. Right when LeBron James maybe has sailed off into the sunset, we don't know what that's going to be like. He's he he might be a cyborg, so who knows? Maybe he's still playing at that point. But if you could find a guy that fits Anthony Davis's timeline, that can help you out when LeBron is off the court, that can help get guys shots, that can help generate offense, I think that's the kind of move the Lakers are going to be looking to make. And again, they tried to do it last off season. Things just didn't play out as they wanted to. But I think that showed us what the Lakers are looking for. <laughs> Somebody said, get Trevor Lane in the draft. No, we, we want to see the Lakers win basketball games. I can I can sit on the bench. I can sit on the bench and uh, and cheer. But that's about it. That's about it. You don't want to put me on the court. Unless maybe I'm just playing against Alan Sliwa or something like that. But that's for another day. All right, guys. Appreciate you all joining me tonight. Hopefully, hopefully we see... In game six of Clippers versus Suns, hopefully in game six, the Los Angeles crowd is cheering on the Suns to a victory. That would be absolutely fantastic to see. But thanks again for joining me. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. And don't forget to go check out the NBA front office channel that has myself and Keith Smith. Make sure you guys subscribe over there as well. Go in, like a few videos. We are getting that off the ground. And so far, the feedback from it has been fantastic. And we are so, so thrilled to bring that to you guys. Appreciate it, everybody. Till next time, stay safe and see you.